Well, hello, precious saints of God. Bless you. Thank you for tuning in to this live stream right now and uh, hope that you're having a blessed day today. And I uh, thought I had a few minutes in between uh, meetings today that I would just go live and just check in, see how you guys are doing. Um, you know, something's been on my heart and I kind of wanted to share this. Uh, a lot of people, people often write me and they say, you know, uh, Pastor Todd, uh, you know, I just don't believe anything's going to happen. You know, I don't believe anything's going to come out of this. And, you know, no one's ever going to listen to the evidence. And, you know, no one's ever going to, you know, so we're pretty much doomed and our country's doomed. And that, that's, you know, a lot of people feel that way right now. And I know that it, it, it's an overwhelming time. I tell you, I, I talk to a lot of people. I do uh, life coaching. I don't know if you guys know that. You can actually sign up for a life coaching session on my website, toddcoconado.com. But uh, in a lot of the life coaching appointments that I've been talking to, uh, people feel really overwhelmed right now and a lot of people are really stressed. And so, you know, I know that a lot of people are going through a very stressful time. Um, you know, this is, this is a very stressful time. I mean, you look at our country, uh, you know, we all love our country. And, uh, you know, some of you guys are outside of the United States, but you're, you're looking at the, the situation too in your country and the world. And, uh, and so it's, it's not, um, weird for you to be stressed out. It's not like you're weird or there's something wrong with you, but you know, as believers, we have to somehow understand how to navigate this. And the only way that we can do that is what I call feeding our soul. We have to feed our soul, stay in tune with the Holy spirit. And here, here's where it gets challenging is, is even some of our closest loved ones, sometimes our family members, our friends. You know, even sometimes with them, we're dealing with spiritual warfare because what I find the enemy is very cunning. You know, the enemy uh, is always looking for a pressure point. I mean, I mean, Lucifer, I mean, the devil, I don't, you know, there's another enemy here on earth, you know, his minions, the demonic and, you know, uh, the people that are working, you know, in tandem with the enemy that he uses almost as his agents. Right. But if somebody is not in tune with the Holy Spirit, if somebody is, maybe they're even a believer, but they've walked away or they're, they're going through a dry season or they haven't been pressing in, it, it appears, I feel like the enemy can even use those people, but he definitely uses those that are not in Christ. And the way that he uses the people that are, you know, technically Christian, but not filled with the spirit, which that's kind of a thin line to walk there. Uh, but, you know, he can use deception. He can, he can deceive them. He can uh, torment them. So... You know, there's ways that he, he attacks people in Christ. And then there's ways that he attacks people. You know, he uses people that are not in Christ. Almost as his, you know, basically as his agents. It kind of reminds me, you know, the, that movie, The Matrix, is really prophetic. Uh, but, you know, The Matrix, you remember, I don't know if you ever seen it, but like the, the agents can use like anybody. You know, they can just, they can like go into anybody. And that's kind of how the demonic works is they can just use anybody if they're not in Christ. And then what I think if somebody's in Christ... You know, there's different theologies out there. Some people believe that people in Christ can be uh, demonized. I don't really believe that, um, but I know there's going to be somebody that says I'm wrong doctrinally, but I don't believe that the demons can occupy somebody who's filled with the Holy Spirit or that's in Christ. But, uh, but you know, we have to really think about it. Like, what about somebody who's not filled with the Holy Spirit, but they say they're a Christian? Well, that's kind of hard because the Bible says that when you invite Jesus in your heart, he makes a home in your heart. So... 
you know, I don't know, something to think about there, but, you know, I'm open to hear what your suggestions and thoughts are on that. I know there's some people that listen that are very um, well-read in the Word of God. I've been studying the Word of God for over 20 years, but there are certain areas that, um, you know, I think there's different theologies and different doctrinal beliefs, but can somebody in Christ be occupied by a demon? Well, I feel like if they're truly in Christ and they're filled with the, the Holy Spirit, that the answer is no. That's my my theology on that. I feel that if you're really in Christ and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, there's no way that a demon can also occupy you. But I believe that the demonic can torment you and deceive you, perhaps. There's a lot of deception out there. And the Bible even talks about the elect being deceived. So, um, you know, but the, there's a lot of warfare is what I'm saying. And if you're in this, you understand the level, you know, in, in, in the many years of ministry, and I even grew up, my mom was an evangelist and you know, even when I was a kid, you know, so I've been around for a long time in the ministry and, you know, we went to church when I was really young and I learned about things of the spirit when I was really young. I went to Bible college, you know, under uh, Dr. Jack Hayford. And so, you know, definitely have had a lot of conversations about the demonic, but not a lot of people are talking about the demonic because it's such a touchy issue and people don't want to get caught up in that because as I mentioned, there's a lot of different beliefs. There's a lot of different theologies even in the Christian world. So, but what, what I'm, why I'm bringing this up, by the way, is because I'm hearing from you and many, many others of people that I consider the remnant, okay, the remnant, and you're telling me that you're dealing with a lot of warfare, spiritual warfare. And as I always say, we're dealing with warfare when we're over the target. When you're over the target is, you know, look, if you're not bothering the enemy, you know, he's not threatened by you, then you're probably not going to be dealing with as much warfare. You're just, you're in deception. You know, you're either in deception or, you know, you're not a threat to him. So he's like, whatever, you know, he'll slowly try to mess up your life, you know, but if you're, if you're over the target and you're in the middle of this whole battle, you're fighting for the very soul of this nation. You're fighting for our future. You're fighting for our children. You're fighting for life. You're standing for righteousness. You're fighting for the, the full Bible. You're probably dealing with warfare. And, and, and so this is how we have to learn how to navigate through this because unfortunately there's a lot of ministries, there's a lot of ministries that, that don't even speak about this at all, at all. They just don't even talk about it. And yet it's like one of the biggest things that we have to deal with as a Christian is spiritual warfare. I mean, what does the Bible say? Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against strongholds and principalities. So in the middle of this current situation that we find ourselves in, we have to remember what the word of God says. The battle is not against flesh and blood. We are dealing with strongholds and principalities. So if you take that, everything that I just said, everything that I just said, and, and, and by the way, I just want you to know, I'm extremely understanding if you're dealing with a lot of warfare. And that's why I say reach out to us so we can put you on the prayer list, todd.coconato at rlcus.org. We'll, we'll put you know your name and, and whatever you wanna share with us on the prayer list and we'll stand with you and we'll contend and uh, we'll intercede because I understand the battle that you're in. Trust me, I do. I understand the battle that you're in and we have to be together. We have to be together in this. Now, another thing is, is that I see a lot of people attacking other Christians. And I know we've talked about this before, but I have a lot of compassion and mercy because I believe there's prodigals. I believe God is calling the misfits. I believe he's calling the least likely. I believe he's calling people 
that probably, um, you know, we wouldn't pick necessarily. Look at Donald Trump, prime example. I mean, let's just be honest. Most of the body of Christ would not have picked Donald Trump. I get a lot of pushback when people say, Pastor Todd Coconato said that Donald Trump was anointed for a time as this. I believe God had an anointing on that man. I still do. Because he's waking up through, through his words, through his tweets that many people consider mean. But many, 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 many people have, have awakened. And it's almost like a ministry in a way. I know that's kind of crazy to call Donald Trump's life a ministry. But you know what? God has used him. And, and, and what's happened? There's been a great political awakening, a great spiritual awakening. And he's just one vessel of many. He's just one vessel of many. But he uses people that we would not normally think. Look at King Cyrus, prime example. You know, he uses people that we normally wouldn't pick, that we normally wouldn't think. And I believe these are going to be many of the people, ladies and gentlemen, that God brings into this revival is the misfits, the prodigals, the people that we that we never thought would be called. And, and we're going to have to understand how to navigate this because if we start judging and condemning those people and looking at all their past and everything that the enemies try to do in their life to destroy their life, you know, you got to understand people with big callings have big warfare, okay? What do they say? Uh, the higher the level, the, the higher the devil, right? Or more, you know, more level... Um, higher level, more devil, right? And, uh, and that's true. That's true because I've, I've dealt with that myself in the ministry. And, you know, we, we, sometimes there's a lot of different things that are happening in people's lives and you only see like a little bit of it, you know, or maybe even just a really small amount. And we tend to make big, you know, judgments and, you know, kind of judge these people. And the truth is, is that we have to be more understanding of how to walk people through restoration and, and with love, if they're repentant and they're, they're reaching out, you know, it doesn't mean that the anointing has left them. We don't know what's happened in their situation. It's an assignment of hell that's trying to take them out. And then here's the body of Christ. We don't stand with them and help them restore. Instead, we judge them, we condemn them, and we push them out, and we let them just basically feed them to the wolves. And that's awful. We can't do that, guys. You know, it's easy to judge other people until you go through the situation. When you're going through the situation, it's it's a lot more real, you know? And so we don't know sometimes what somebody's going through. And, you know, we got to give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, if they're saying they're repentant or, you know, it's just, it just happened that they got attacked and there was warfare. And maybe it's in their marriage. Maybe it's in their job, different relationships, brother, sister, family, whatever the case may be. People fall sometimes. Sometimes people fall. People, the only perfect being is Jesus. Jesus is the only perfect being. Christ, the Lord, God. Everybody else is subject to failure at some point. And I know that like, you know, maybe this hasn't been the way that we've operated as the body of Christ, but we have to think about this. Just because somebody has one failure, you don't just kick them out and say, oh, you're done. You're finished. Your life's over. That's so awful. That's not what we're called to do because we never know when it's going to be us at some point, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, we try our very best not to fall. We try our very best not to give in to the enemy. But we just, we got to have some love and, and acceptance. You know, I, I never forget there's a story and I share this sometimes, but I may never share it with you. But there was some, some women and I was at, this is when I used to go to Starbucks. I stopped using, you know, I don't go to Starbucks anymore because what they support. 
I just think it's awful. So I go to, you know, other coffee shops that don't support abortion and all that. But I used to go to Starbucks all the time. And for many years before service, I would go to Starbucks and I would get a coffee, you know, because sometimes I preached at night and I would go get a coffee and I would go, you know, to church and I would frequent the same Starbucks. And so I went to this Starbucks and, you know, there was these two girls that were always there and they were dancers, you know, hip hop dancers. They taught dance and somehow they knew me. I don't know. I think they knew me through, you know, they were kind of Christian, but you know, so maybe they knew I was like a local pastor and they had watched our stream before or whatever. I don't know the case, but they knew who I was. And so they would always say, hi, Pastor Todd. I would say, hi, how are you? You know, and how are you, how's everything going? You know, how's everything going with you guys? Oh, things are good. You know, and so for a long time, I'd see them before service and we would have services on Tuesday and Friday night. And so, you know, they'd be there on the Friday night and, and uh, you know, they, they would wear like the, you know, the dancer clothes, you know, like really short shorts and, you know, so... And I said, you know, you guys should come to church sometime. You guys should come to church. And, you know, and they went, oh, yeah, Pastor Todd, we'll come, we'll come, we'll come. Well, guess what? One day they came, both of them. And I was so excited. I was preaching, and I saw these two young ladies coming into the service. And I said, praise God, after all these years of asking these girls, they're finally here. Well, during the service, you know, one of our ushers and one of our elders actually walked up to them. And I'm watching this as I'm speaking. And uh, all of a sudden I see the two girls get up and they leave with this usher. And you know, it was, it was really a, I'm, I'm watching this and I'm trying to keep preaching, but it's like, I'm watching this. I'm like, what the heck's going on here? You know? So after the service, I, the, the first thing I did after I prayed for everybody and everything was done was I went up to that elder and I said, what, you know, what happened with those two girls? I've been inviting them for like a couple of years to come to church. And they said, oh, they were too skimpily dressed for church. We told them to leave. And I said, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? And, uh, and I get it. Like, I understand where they were coming from. They had the short shorts and they had like a crop top on. And so, you know, I get it from their perspective. They're trying to uphold the standards of the church. And, but gosh, it really impacted me. And I'll tell you why, because I thought, man, these girls have been for years trying to come into the church. They finally come. And then here we tell them they're, they're, they're not worth it. They can't stay. They got to leave. And by the way, they never came back. They never came back. And so we had a staff meeting and I said, listen, guys, we can never, ever do that again. I know that you, you were operating, you know, you were, you were thinking about, you know, the people, you don't want people to stumble in the church. I totally get it. And we want to, you know, avoid even the appearance of evil. So I totally get it. But at the same time though, we got to understand God is going to be sending the misfits. He's going to be sending the, you know, the people that, that are the least, of these. And what does God say? We have to, you know, how do we treat the least of these, right? And I'm not saying that these girls were like less than, but you understand what I'm saying is, is that they weren't the typical person that you would see, you know, in church. They were people that were unchurched, that were coming to the church for the first time. And again, I'm the one that like tells you, like, I'm not about seeker friendlyism. I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't, I preach the full Bible. I'm very transparent about that. But there also has to be an element of love. And there also has to be, we have to, you know, they didn't know that, that they were dressed inappropriately is what I'm saying. They didn't know. And, and this is what this revival that's coming is going to look like. There's going to be divorcees. There's going to be people that have had multiple abortions. There's going to be people that are gay. There's going to be people that, and we have to understand how to navigate this because this is what revival looks like. It's new life. People are seeking and they're coming and they're wanting to know about Christ because they're, they're lost 
and and you know whatever reason they come into the church or they come in and we have to we have to tell them about the ways of Christ we have to explain to them in time and and you know when I first came into church I didn't know all the protocol I didn't know everything that I had to do as a Christian I didn't know that I couldn't talk a certain way and I didn't you know want to wear shirts that would like make you know my muscles I mean there was some time I used to work out quite a bit I don't anymore as much so I don't look like I used to in my 20s but when I was in my 20s I worked out every single day I would go to the gym every single day it was just part of my routine and so one day I wore like a shirt you know in church and it was like tight and you know people were coming up to me and saying oh you can't wear that and I'm like what are you talking about like why you know and somebody said well it's causing people to stumble you know now I had a heart for the Lord and by the way, I don't think I'm anything great. I'm just telling you what happened. It's an actual story. Kind of funny, right? But uh, but this is what people said, you know? And, and so they didn't want me wearing this tight shirt. Okay, now I was somebody that was teachable. And so I never wore a tight shirt again like that. Because I'm teachable. And, you know, I wanted to serve the Lord. I didn't know it was a wrong thing. I didn't. Why would somebody care about what I'm wearing? You know what I'm saying? But, you know, people have weird things that they say. And they do. And so I was I was teachable. And so that was, you know, but not everybody's teachable right away. And sometimes people are just kind of exploring. And this is what this revival is going to look like. People are going to come in from the streets. There's going to be people from all different elements of society, drug addicts. And we just, we, we have to show them the love of Christ. We have the answer to this society. Listen, they're trying to put a bunch of people on medication for depression. And, you know, you might be on that. I'm not against you if you are. But I'm just saying, I knew people that, that are on five, six, six medications at once. And I almost feel like the medications are messing them up worse than their situation. Because a lot of times, this is something that I always say, is, is that you can't fix a spiritual problem with a chemical solution. You can't fix a spiritual problem with a chemical solution. And a lot of times, a chemical solution, whether it's drug addiction or pharmaceutical drugs, you know, it'll give you a temporary fix, but it's not going to fix the ailment you have to you have to cast out the demon you got to deal with it you know spiritually you know somebody's got to repent they got to turn from their wickedness and that'll change everything so these are the things we got to think about guys and 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 here's the other thing that i, I kind of touched on a little bit in the beginning first of all i understand that many of you are under warfare and so we have to stand together and and intercede for one another and have each other's back that means if somebody's reaching out to you and saying look my marriage is in trouble Will you help me pray for wisdom on how to navigate this? You can't be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. sister so-and-so is going through a, you know, and start gossiping, you know, get out there, you know, brother so-and-so, he's not anointed anymore. We got to take him down right away because his wife left. I mean, guys, you know, you can't control everything. I don't know. You got to, you got to walk through these things with people. You got to walk through these things with people because these are painful, difficult, very real situations you know, I know some amazing ministers that I believe are walking in consecration and holiness and their husband just takes off or their wife just takes off or something happens. And it's like, you know, you look and you're like, oh my gosh, that's so awful. It's horrible. But that's not the time to like bail on them or tell them, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, we don't believe in you anymore. We don't believe in the anointing on your life. We don't believe in the call. Like you got to get out of here. No, if they're willing to contend and they're willing to pray and they're willing to seek the Lord, my gosh, friends, you know, we don't know how the situation is going to end up. Maybe the person became demonized or they never knew the Lord, their spouse, and they took off and they cheated. I don't know what happened. But if, you know, if that happened, you can't just throw the people away like, oh, now you can't 
I mean, this is crazy. We have to restore people. We have to pray with them. If they're willing to repent, if they're willing to stand, if they're willing to contend, then we have to stand with them. And I think this is a cultural problem that's happened in our church, in all churches. It's a cultural issue where we just, we feel like we, we can just throw people away. You know, like, okay, they're, they're done now. On to the next person. And you know what? I'll tell you, a lot of the people that you don't know about their past, like you only got to know them more recently. You didn't walk through a divorce with them. So you just don't know that they went through that. Doesn't mean they didn't go through it. You know, it doesn't mean they didn't have a problem at one point. So, you know, a lot of times you'll find somebody later on in their ministry and you don't know what happened many years ago. And so it's kind of like that storm is passing. So you just don't even know about it. But, you know, people go through all different types of things. And some people are going through those things now. And so we need to pray with those people and contend for them and stand with them and not eat our own. You know, if somebody in the church, you know, there was one time uh, we were having a, a song service and somebody came up to me and they said, Pastor Tide, I saw so-and-so, the drummer, you know, it looked like, you know, he was smoking a cigarette, you know? And I said, yeah, I'm aware of that situation. You know, I'm actually mentoring that brother. I'm mentoring him. And, uh, and they said, well, you shouldn't be on the worship team. I said, I understand. I said, here's why he's still on the worship team. And I'll explain is, is that he's wearing the patch. He's praying for deliverance. We just had a meeting in my office where he was on his face with me weeping and asking the Lord to deliver him. And so, you know, I understand that he smoked a cigarette, but we're walking through this together. And you know what? I feel like he's accountable. And, uh, you know, I don't think that, you know, I need to like punish him right now because he's accountable. We literally just had a meeting in my office before service where he was on his face repenting and asking the Lord to help. And I was praying for him and saying, yes. And by the way, now he's delivered. By the way, now he's delivered. He's not smoking cigarettes anymore. But they wanted me to kick him off the team. And you know what? That would have probably discouraged that brother so much. And I don't even know what would have happened. He might have, he might have just fallen because, you know, it was a tough time in his life right there. He was going through multiple different attacks at once. And he had an anointing to play the drums. And I loved him. And we were mentoring you know, him. I was mentoring him. And so I couldn't just, you know, tell him, hey, I don't believe in you anymore. And that's it. You're out. Now, what I said to them is I said, if I kicked off every single person that has any sin in their life, then we wouldn't have any team, including myself. There would be no team. So what I look for is people that are accountable. What I look for is people that are willing to fight for their, contend for their healing. You know, like, hey, Pastor Todd, will you help me walk through? I'm contending for my healing. Great. I will absolutely walk through that with you. Let's walk through it together. Let's walk through it together and let's get you healed. Let's get you delivered. And by the way, I've had to do that my whole life. Like ever since I've known Christ, you know, he'll get rid of like one thing and I'm like, okay, we praise God. I got through that. You know, that was a stronghold in my life and we got through it. And then guess what? He's like, oh, guess what, Todd? <laughs> I got something else for you to work on. Here's the next thing. And I'm just going to be honest with you guys. That has not stopped since I've been a Christian. I continue to have the Lord say, okay, now that we've got that out, guess what? Here's another thing. I didn't even know I had a problem here. All of a sudden, God shows me by the power of the Holy Spirit. You have an issue here, Todd. You need to contend for your healing. So I'm continuously fighting for my own healing. And that's why I always tell you, like, I think we've made idols of pastors. I hate to say it. There's some pastors that have allowed this. You know, I went to a church. <laughs> this is kind of fun, this conversation, by the way. 
I went to a church one time, no joke, guys, and, uh, and the people were sitting there, and they're saying, the pastor was coming out, he comes down from this stage, and everyone's like, here comes the pastor, here comes the pastor, and they're all clapping about the pastor coming, and this guy comes out, he's got like four bodyguards around him. It was only like 200 people in the room. He's got like four bodyguards around him, and God forbid anybody even gets near that pastor. I mean, these people, and it was like, it was like a celebrity, you know, and I'm like, what is going on here? I never went back to that church. And uh, by the way, I never heard anything about that pastor. I have no idea what happened to that guy. I'll pray for him. I'm, you know, I'm not attacking him. But the deal is, is that like, if it becomes about the pastor, we've missed the mark, ladies and gentlemen. We have missed the mark. You know, listen, I will, you know, I feel like I'm called as a pastor, as a minister, as a teacher, you know, as an evangelist, I'm out here, I'm called. I mean, that's part of the calling of my life. I accept that calling. I tell you right now, I'm not perfect. I tell you right now, I make mistakes, but I love the Lord so much. I, I guarantee you that my love for the Lord is sincere and it's real. I promise you. And that's why I do what I do because I love him so much, but I'm not perfect. And so what I can do is I can say, here's what the Bible says. Here's what I'm trying to do. This is how I'm walking through this in my own life. But look, at, look to Christ. He's the author and the finisher. Look to Jesus Christ. He is the one that is, you know, my God, my savior. He's my savior by his stripes, by his blood, right? I'm healed. And, uh, and that's the deal. And that's what we're all fighting for. Because at the end of the day, there's no denominations in heaven. We're going to stand before the Lord. We're going to have to account for all the things that we've done in our life. You know, on Judgment Day, we're going to stand before the Lord. And uh, I, I want God to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You know what he said a long time about, a long time ago about me? He said, Todd, you're a good repenter. And I think that's what King David was. He's a good repenter. We need to learn to be good repenters. If we can repent and turn from our wickedness and not go back into that sin and fight for our healing, ladies and gentlemen, fight for our healing, contend for our healing, and be the best possible Christian we can be, by following the word of God, you know, understanding the fruit of the spirit. A lot of problem in this generation is, is self-control. It's a fruit of the spirit. We have to have self-control. Self-control is so important. We're going to be, we're going to be faced with many challenges and decisions. We have to have self-control saints. We have to very, very important. So here's the last thing I'm going to say. And, uh, I think this is crucial, but you know, we can't be speaking out death. What do I mean? Pastor Todd, I just don't think anything's going to happen. Pastor Todd, I just don't think there's any way. There's no way. No one's going to look at the evidence. No one's going to, nothing's going to happen because the Supreme Court is never going to listen. You know how many times I hear this every day? Our country is done. Our country, we're under massive judgment. That's it. It's the end. And maybe we are, maybe we are under judgment because we certainly deserve judgment. So I'm not arguing with that, but I, I feel like God is a merciful God. And from what I read in the word of God, he responds to the prayers of the righteous. So when I pray and you pray and we're praying in agreement, we have to believe that God is hearing our prayers and responding. That's the whole reason why we pray. Otherwise, why even bother do any of it? So we, we can't speak these words of death over the situation like there, nothing is ever gonna happen. The election is, was stolen and that's it, or whatever. We, we need to understand that God is literally the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords who sits on the throne. He can do anything. 
he could do anything. Anything. I mean, if he wanted to make the sky uh, permanently purple, he could. You know, whatever he wants to do, he can do. So we have to check ourselves. The Bible says life and death is in the power of the tongue. We have to check ourselves. I know the situation in America looks very impossible right now. I get it. Trust me, we're all in this together. I get it. I totally, totally get it. But here's the thing is that we have to believe that God is bigger and that God is able and he's willing. And if we understand that, who God is, that he's willing, that he's able, then I believe we can get through this and we can see and we will see a victory. Amen? Amen? So watch your words, saints. And I say that out of all love. Watch your words. Watch what you speak out to others, what you proclaim in your personal life and you proclaim in, in our nation what God is doing. Just watch your words because as I always like to say, in the end, God always wins. In the end, God always wins. We're on the winning team. We serve a good God. And many, many things are happening that we may not know or see right now. So keep the faith, press ahead, stand strong, stand on the promise of God, do our part, believe, trust, give him praise, not only for what he's doing, but what he's about to do. Pray for breakthrough, pray for our nation to be delivered, healed, set free. Pray for a great mighty move of God in America and around the world. Pray for an Acts chapter two, suddenly great awakening moment. And have compassion on the saints. Don't eat our own. Have compassion. Try not to judge. You don't know what somebody's going through. You don't know the full situation. Be there to love and pray it through for them as well. And that will give us a successful walk in Christ. Amen. Amen. We need patience, self-control, mercy, love in Jesus' name. God bless you guys. Hey, I'm in Tampa. I'm in Tampa, Florida, by the way. All right. Bless you guys. We'll talk to you soon.